0: Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. Vanessa Denha Garmo here from Epiphany Communications and Coaching. As 2022 came to an end, Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle Delivered his 10th annual State of the County address, where he highlighted community partnerships, economic growth, and future projects. He is joining us now here on Itcher Community to talk about Macomb County 2023. How are you, Mr. County Executive?
1: Vanessa, it's always good talking to you, but I'm doing great otherwise as well. So is,
0: it's always a pleasure talking with you and excited to talk with you about 2023. So during your state of the county, um, address. Uh, uh, Mark, you talked about educational attainment. What can you share with us about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of growth happening in Macomb County, but when you kind of look at certain metrics uh, that we kind of use to kind of guide us as to how we're doing as a county, you know, one of those things that stands out is the educational attainment that we've seen, and, you know, we recognize, you know, Macomb County, you know, has grown, and uh, with that, so is the educational attainment, and right now there's 50,000, you know, people have gotten, you know, associate baccalaureate and or graduate degrees uh, that we've seen obtained in the last decade. And that's that's a pretty uh, a striking number.
0: Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it is growing. And how, give us an overview of Macomb County over the last, you know, uh, several years you've been the county executive. What What would you like to tout in terms of its growth and its successes?
1: Well, you think about, you know, a place first, you know, it's like placemaking, you know, where people, uh, you know, tend to to go where they feel welcome, they feel comfortable, they think there's opportunities there, and Macomb County has grown uh, continuously. Uh, Every time we see the census data coming in, Macomb County's growth uh, continues to, you know, see an increase recent population. So, you know, we're nearly 900,000 people as a county, and that's a a striking uh, figure. And uh, you look at certain aspects of it, you know, right now, one in eight people living in Macomb County was born outside the United States. And so, you know, those are are striking numbers. And even the uh, growth, and when we start talking about, you know, various uh, different cultures and uh, backgrounds and ethnicities, uh, Macomb County has grown in each and every one of those uh, different categories or areas. And so with that, You know, it makes us uh, realize. You know, uh, Macomb County is a place that's highly sought after, and uh, people don't go where they don't feel welcome. They certainly aren't going to bring their families and live and try to, you know, raise a family or go to the educational institutions here, uh, or even work in a place that they don't feel uh, welcome. And we recognize Macomb County is one of the welcoming places because of what we're seeing in the increases in numbers in each one of those categories.
0: You know, and I was just going to mention that the diversity in Macomb County has grown over the years, and I know there there's a big Um, Caldean community there, my own community, um, a growing community in Macomb County. And so there is a lot of diversity and different cultures within the county, which makes it such a wonderful place to live.
1: Yeah, Southeast Michigan uh, tends to have a great, uh, you know, number of population, especially when it comes to Caldean community, Um, you know, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb. But uh, I think Macomb is by far one of the largest. And, uh, you know, with that, especially around that corridor, uh, the Dequinder corridor, Ryan corridor, uh, Warren, Sterling Heights, and even in Shelby Township, uh, people are, you know, moving to Rye Green in Macomb County because they see opportunities. And so, you know, with that, uh, obviously, we welcome that uh, growth and expansion. Uh, specifically with the uh, caldean community but uh people of all walks of life and so you know we're very fortunate i think you know as a county we're we're proud of that fact you know we're seeing the increase uh because we recognize it's because people feel like uh, they are welcome here and so you know with that being said i couldn't be more welcoming in fact macomb county became one of the first welcoming counties in the entire state of michigan uh you know because we realized we have to try to figure out how do we increase opportunities here and uh, create a workforce and uh, that's what we're looking at. The younger generation coming in into Macomb County is that workforce of the future. So we we welcome people of all walks of life to move into Macomb County.
0: You know, and financial stability is also an important part of, you know, uh, a county, a city and why people choose to live in certain areas. And we know there are struggles with the economy today, but what is the financial stability uh, status of Macomb County today?
1: You know, when I first took office as uh, a county executive form of government, uh, you know, started, you know, about 12 years ago, you know, it's still rather new. Uh, But with that being said, you know, we have a county executive form of government, you know, and there's 13 commissioners. We first looked at the budget, we come to realize, you know, it wasn't structurally balanced. Uh, There were some, you know, I I use the terminology gimmicks uh, that shorted up, you know, we had a half a billion dollar unfunded liability with retiree health care, and even the retirement system was challenged. So right away, we got to work on that and change that. And so every year uh, that we've been in office here at this new form of government, uh, we have presented a structurally balanced budget and one that continues to put money back into the fund balance itself. And uh, we have shored up. You know that we're 100 percent funded when it comes to retiree health care the pension system and uh, we no longer use any type of gimmicks uh, but we're also now uh, having an impact on paying for and taking care of some of our capital improvements that are county responsibility or county buildings so again we're very financially healthy we got a double a plus bond rating which is one of the highest ratings you can get uh, for a county of our size you know with some of the other dynamics that are played into it so you know, we are very fiscally responsible, and uh, we're very fortunate to have the fiscal stability that we have right
0: now. Um, we're talking with Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle here on It's Your Community. Mark, when you look at the financial stability of the county and when you're looking at the budget, do you guys look like a year ahead, five years ahead? I mean, when you're assessing the budget and, and the county to keep it healthy and this uh, AAA bond rating? So-
1: that, that's, it's funny you say that that because back when I first got into office I first thought about running an office and you know, I went and talked to some of the other uh, you know people within the region you know Mike Duggan uh, he was still at the Detroit uh, system over there with hospital systems and then I had a uh, conversation with then Bob Vacano and even uh, Brooks Patterson and yeah. I kind of Got an idea of what they were doing, and one of the things I noticed was what Oakland County was doing. They had this, you know, kind of a five-year outlook or five-year rolling budget. And I thought that's something important to us, and so I brought that back year one. And we come to the realization that's something we need to do too. And so we are doing just that. So we have a we have a five-year forecasted budget, a uh, forecast on our budget system and the cycle that we have. Right. So it's not just year to year and trying to make sure that we're right. you know shoring up, you know, money coming in is money going out, and uh, you know nothing more. Uh, we have that five-year forecast here in Macomb County as a result of what we recognize happening in Oakland County.
0: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of speaking to Bob Vacano and Brooks Patterson and and Duggan, it really speaks to your character and collaboration. And I think that's such an important tool in leadership is connecting, collaborating and working across the political aisles, Uh, political aisle today. uh, Mark, can you speak to that? Because you do such a good job in, in communicating, reaching out to other leaders, regardless of their you know political uh position they're in regardless of their party
1: yeah you hit on something that you brought up during our state of the county and uh, you know I recognized you know, when I first started off in politics it was uh as a sheriff, and uh, you know, I spent 20 years at the department working through the ranks, and it became the sheriff. Uh, you know, and spent 10 years doing that, and I come to realize, you know, it's not about politics, it's not about right or left. It's about trying to figure out how do you resolve problems and deal with things. And so, I think that transferred into the type of you know role or the way I see things now, even as county executive. So, I didn't understand a lot of things that were going on but it became you know going from sheriff's department or law enforcement, uh, and now dealing with a multitude of different issues. You know, whether it's healthcare, dealing with uh, you know the uh, the road systems and economic development. So I had to figure out, okay, how do I get the right people to surround me within my organization? Uh, but to do that, I had to understand what others were doing within theirs, you know, good, bad or indifferent. You, know, you take a little bit from each one. And so it didn't matter whether they were Democrat or Republican. It was, you know, who are they surrounding themselves with and how do they get things done? And so over this past 12 years, you know, not only have I surrounded myself with good people, I've realized there are people out there that are problem solvers, uh, that want to be part of the solution, and I've reached out to, to find out who these folks are, and I've come to realize, especially with the way the politics are being played out right now, and the dynamics and, you know, the divisiveness and the challenges we see, you hear this terminology and you just kind of used it, it was kind of funny when, when you said it, you know, people, you hear politicians when they're running for office, you know, whether they're trying to get elected in the general election, or even after they get elected, they talk about about this term reaching across the aisle and it's like i kind of smile and i smirk when i hear it i'm thinking to myself (laughs) okay i wish we would stop trying to figure out how do we reach across the aisle and start getting in the aisle and having these conversations wow it about whether you're right or left how do you realize how do you how do you how do you work you know with that mindset of okay it doesn't matter um when it comes to as an executive what my role is is to fix roads is to get out there and deal with healthcare issues It's to make sure we're creating an opportunity for people to run their business or bring a business here. And so with that, um, you know, I've always focused on, you know, being in the aisle and having those conversations that are true conversations to solve problems, as opposed to making it look like I'm trying to work with somebody who is a Republican or trying to appease people that are in the Democratic Party. So I've been very fortunate. I've been very focused on that. And I think it's the upbringing in law enforcement over the years that had me realize it's not about being one side or the other. It's about understanding how to get in the middle, listen to people, and try to solve problems that are everyday problems that people want us to solve.
0: You know, it's funny they say that because I was just about to say, well, you were raised in that environment. You've been doing that for a long time, your entire uh, adult career. And having covered you when I was a full-time reporter at WJR and then myself even working for the Wayne County Executive's Office, Bob Vicano, I saw that firsthand, Mark. I saw all of you guys in the aisle working together, and um, whether it be with Brooks or you or Duggan or you know, Kwame at the time, I mean, people were, you know, uh, were having a concerted effort to work together to solve problems. It's unfortunate we don't see that as much today. I don't want to get too much into politics, but it's refreshing to know that that's your approach to doing your job.
1: And that's the hardest thing. It's like, you don't really want to get into politics, but it's almost like you're dragged into it. The thing everybody leads with nowadays is, you know, what divides us. And that's yeah. the reality. And so, you know, with yeah. politics, the way it is, you question, okay, when is this ever going to end? But the unfortunate part is I think, you know, partisan politics and primaries create this problem where, you know, you got to prove to the party, you know, that you're, you know, you're the, the furthest left or you're the furthest right candidate. And then yeah. when you get to the general election, we all try to pretend like, you know, we want to reach across the aisle and kind of work together, you know, so that people will, you know, that are independent might vote for you, or you might grab somebody on the other side to vote for you. So yeah, I think I've been fortunate over the years here in Macomb County, and you know, maybe that's the reason why people will, you know, they continue to, you know, give me the opportunity to serve, you know, as uh, now as county executive, is they realize, okay, it's not just somebody who's talking about reaching across the aisle, it's somebody that's been in the aisle and is willing to do it, and we've seen it. It's not just, it's just not a conversation or a statement, uh, it's actual action.
0: Yeah, that's so true, and I could attest to that myself, having uh, known you for so long. What can you tell us, uh, Mark, switching back into your State of the County address, a little bit about the housing in the county today?
1: Yeah, we again, that's another metric that we look at, one of the key metrics that talks about, you know, uh, how are we doing as a county, and uh, right now, we recognize, you know, home values themselves have increased $29,000, 20 they have actually increased $29,000 um, in just one year. It, you know, the, mm. and the housing stock continues to rise, uh, even with construction. You know, you you've been, you're a little bit skeptical of it. And you got to be a little bit careful, you know, with all this inflation stuff happening, and you know where we're headed. But for the most part, you know, the increase in your home value, $29,000 uh, just one year, is a pretty substantial increase. So that uh, you know, that speaks to you know what we're seeing as positive trends here in Macomb County.
0: We're t- we're talking with the Macomb County Executive Mark Heckel here in Community. You also addressed jobs and population and medium income in your state of the county address uh, at the end of last year, what can you share with our listeners about, you know, jobs, population and medium household incomes in the county?
1: Yeah, again, it's it's actually interesting, you know, when you look at the, uh, you know, we're we're above the state average right now, you know, $67,000 is, you know, the median uh, household income right now here in Macomb County. And uh, we continue to see that it's gonna be a projected increase over the next five years. And so, you know, that's pretty pretty significant. And, uh, you know, we see it being sustainable, which is, you know, important to us. Um, And it also, you know, it kind of ties into what we're seeing with the employment numbers. You know, we have record highs as people, you know, when we talk about people in the workforce, you know, 440,000 people here in Macomb County, residents are in our workforce. And yet, you know, we have an unemployment rate uh, that is lower than the state and national averages of only 3.2%. You know, and yet there are so many jobs available out there still here in Macomb County. So that's why we always say, you know, we're welcoming people to come in here. Uh, But I think one of the biggest challenges we're facing is, uh, you know, the senior population. You know, we have a huge uh, population of seniors that live here. And I think uh, a lot of that is because they feel safe in their neighborhoods. Uh, They also feel like, you know, they can get a a bigger bang for their buck, you know, living in Macomb County. And, uh, you know, let's face it, they have access to quality health care here in and around this area. So that's an attractive feature for seniors. So we do see an increase in senior population. We know a lot of seniors are going to be retiring out. And that's going to make it for more more jobs available, uh, you know, but that becomes the biggest challenge. You know, you already have a, one of the highest, you know, numbers of people in the workforce. You have a very low unemployment rate that, you know, we have a lot of jobs available and there's more to come. Where do we get that population? Where do we find yeah. that workforce? And that becomes our biggest challenge moving forward.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. What are some of the obstacles and challenges facing the county and the, and the state of Michigan today, in your opinion?
1: Is it, yeah, is it the jobs? Yeah, we, we, everybody wants to talk about the highlight is always, you know, infrastructure, you know, roads, bridges, underground, you know, clean water, and we're working on that. And again, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the answers to that are going to be figuring out sustainable funding, you know, to support that, you know, you can't just, you know, we're going to get money for one-time road projects like Bound Road or, you know, a bridge or two here and there to fix. And, you know, we, we, you know, try to get as much, you know, opportunities from the state and federal government to kind of give us those funds to help with those projects. But let's say, it, said, we're not going to come up with a sustainable solution. Uh, to road and bridge funding, uh, it's going to be a continuous problem. Uh, but with that being said, you know, one of the things that people don't pay attention to or don't see it, but we are, you know, uh, you know very cognizant of uh, working with our business here in Macomb County is the workforce. And uh, that is a that is a big issue coming not just here to Macomb County, uh, southeast Michigan, uh, the state of Michigan and across the country. This mm-hmm. uh, this issue of, you know, trying to find talent and recruit talent uh, to your you know, municipality, county or state. Uh, will be the continuous uh, fight each and every one of us are going to have across the country. So we are going to be very competitive to try to figure out how do we bring people into our communities to help fill these jobs that are uh, that are you know plentiful right now.
0: So with that said, that focus on jobs. What are the goals for 2023 for Macomb County?
1: Well, again, there's there's the internal goals and the external. And when I mean internal, we've got issues that we've got to resolve and you know figure out. Um, you know, one of my biggest concerns has always been mental health substance abuse. Uh, you know, it's a multifaceted issue. You know, mental health mm-hmm. substance abuse touches us all you know and if you if you're fortunate enough to not have to know anyone or have to deal with it um you know you're you're kind of uh you, you like i mentioned you're fortunate uh, i think most people have somebody they know has some kind of a mental health problem and if not at least somewhere down the road you may find that so the question becomes what are we doing about these challenges you know we're hearing about it seeing it we're in the workplaces, uh, we're hearing about in our schools, uh, law enforcement coming in contact with folks and even healthcare systems, you know, are inundated with people and, you know, how how do we solve and how do we resolve this issue or how do we at least address it? Well, again, we can't solve all the problems as a county. You know, my job is to try to figure out, okay, is there something we have an impact on and is there an area that we can have some insight and uh, maybe uh, change and kind of uh, do something that uh, might be a little bit better than what we're doing right now. And one of those is the uh, the correctional institutions. And when law enforcement comes in contact uh, with folks that have mental health and substance abuse prob- uh, problems, uh, we're one of the first points of contact for people that do have mental health problems, uh, as well as the healthcare system. So what can we do? Well. That's a big question and one that we're really uh, focusing on heavily. And I'm very excited about where we're headed because, you know, we've got some money that came from the federal government and, uh, you know, it's the, uh, it's, it's trying to figure out how do you, you know, do something that's going to be transformative. And, uh, you know, $172 million came our way and uh, we have looked at it and worked with our board of commissioners to come to an understanding. We need to do something that's going to be uh, a long-term uh, having a long-term impact on an area that impacts the entire county. And one of those things is the, The correctional institution, meaning the jail, and the central intake and assessment. Anytime someone in law enforcement comes in contact with somebody that has a substance abuse, mental health issue, um, if they don't need to be arrested, they try to figure out, you know, what to do, how to resolve that. But if they do need to be brought in, what are we doing with those folks? How are we assessing them? And uh, what what are we doing about them if they need to be housed? Or if we could uh, hand them off to some other um, program that might be available. So Mm -hmm. our jail, uh, we're working on a central intake and assessment. It's going to be a costly endeavor, but one we're not going to, have to raise taxes on. We're not going to have to bond for it. We have the money to pay for it. And so we're moving in that direction. I think we're going to be a I think we're going to be a standard across the state and probably across the country once this gets up and running because we have the money to build the facility. But we also have the fund available to deal with the programming necessary uh, to address people that come in contact with law enforcement that have mental health issues. So we can at least start uh, moving in the direction of at least uh, having an impact uh, on that area.
0: That looks like something that the whole nation should be paying attention to, and we'll definitely follow that, bring you back on as it progresses. that's a that's a national problem. That's a yes, national but, issue, you know yeah correct, um, exactly. yeah. So Mark, you know we know there's been a lot of talk. Uh, in the media about projections for 2023, that a lot of economists are are projecting a recession for this year and, and, you know, going through the first or second quarter of 2024. How is the current economy in the country and possible recession, many believe we're in it right now affecting plans for 2023 for you?
1: Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part. I think sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, those of us at local uh, level of government, you know, it's like you have very little impact on, you know, how do you resolve that problem? You're just going to have to kind of figure out how do you survive it. Uh, but an economist a couple of years ago did mention, you know, when you talk about, you know, no, one's going to be recession proof. Uh, but mm-hmm. when they look at Macomb County, because of our manufacturing, uh, you know, because of, you know, uh, the industries that we have in and around here, uh, we're going to be, you know, less apt to be impacted uh, as heavily as some areas that don't have, uh, you know, the strength of what we have as far an economy. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue to monitor that. We're going to continue to figure out, you know, what it is we can do as a county uh, to deal with. But unfortunately, we're going to be fighting for the same dollars if that's going to be hard, part of the, the solution, you know, that the state is avail- has available to, uh, to help with this and or the federal government. So, again, you know, it's a continuous monitoring and trying to attract business as well as, uh, you know, find that talent to support the, the business and keep their doors open.
0: Speaking of the state, the the governor just announced uh, recently in her state of the uh a state address, uh, money for Selfridge, which is in Macomb County. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I mean Selfridge, it's it's probably the uh, longest contiguous uh, you know serving base in the entire you know I guess. Uh, 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 National defense uh, uh, installations in the entire country, and so it's been around a while. And there's always the talk about the uh, base realignment and closure, the BRAC studies, and you know, uh, it's always been targeted, looked at. But as of late, I think there's been a lot of opportunity for us to highlight uh, what we've done and the Selfridge advantage, you know, and not just because of Macomb County, the economy, and the folks that work there, but uh, really, uh, you know, its status within the nation's defense. And so it's gotten a lot of attention nationally. Uh, we just missed out on a couple opportunities to bring F-35s here to Macomb County. We got the A-10s and KC-135s, uh, strato tankers. So it is a viable base. It's one that has, you know, pretty much every branch of the military that works out of that facility. So it uh, it we, we tend to think it's no longer one that we're worried about losing. Uh, the question becomes, you know, uh, when are we going to see something more happening there? And I believe, you know, the governor, to her credit, uh, has put $100 million on the table uh, for some, you know, for some capital improvements uh, on that site uh, if the federal government uh, is willing to support uh, bringing F-35s uh, to Macomb County, in particular to Silver Air Base. And we think that is a very, very uh, strong possibility. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, we, we were one of the top five uh, of you know three that were going to get these originally uh, during the Trump administration. And uh, during the Biden administration, we had a chance to have some kind of a training mission out here for foreign com- uh, countries uh, with a uh, deployment of F-35s out here. So uh, we were the second in line on that one. So knowing that we've been you know that far along, We've come that close. Uh, we know we are on the map, and we know that uh, you know folks are talking about us. And you know, the governor, you know, putting a hundred million dollars on the table. Uh, well, that's quite an incentive, and that yeah. says a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's huge as a, yeah. as a state and as a uh, as a county uh, to to want that uh, and to commit to you know making that happen here. So again, I think there's a strong possibility. We're excited about it. And I credit the governor for for making that bold uh, you know um, I guess a commitment uh, to Southridge Airbase here.
0: Would you say that Selfage is one of the county's biggest assets, and what are other assets of the county?
1: Well, I think uh, defense, automotive. Everybody always says that. You know, I don't mean to be, you know, cliche about it, but it's uh, our biggest assets are people. Uh, But the reality is, when you look at you know economy, uh, there's no question about it. You know, automotive, defense, uh, aerospace uh, you know, healthcare, we've got a lot going for us as an economy and pretty diverse side, but it does get into, you know, it always talks about us around, uh, manufacturing and advanced manufacturing. That is, uh, you know, what we've always been. And, uh, you know, we continue to see growth in and around that area. So we're going to continue to focus on that and highlight it, but, you know, I go back to automotive, you know, we're very fortunate. We have the big three here in Macomb County. They have a presence, you know, and again, you know, kind of, um, uh, anchored by, you know, the, the GM Tech Center. You know, that's uh, one of the, probably the most prominent ones that we have here in Macomb County. But let's face it, our defense industry is absolutely incredible. We are the defense capital of the Midwest. And, you know, a, 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 I tend to push it and say, you know, the, we need to be more than that. I think we could be the defense capital of the world if we really focus on growing that industry. And we've been able to do that uh, over the past 10 years. And so we've seen some incredible increases in the defense industry here, not just in Macomb County, but uh, Southeast Michigan and across the state because of the efforts happening with the MEDC and our, our, um, our talent here with our planning department in Macomb County.
0: Mm-hmm. Mark, we touched upon, you know, a little bit people versus politics. Um, and you have done a great job in collaborating over the years in your uh, position as sheriff and, and now Macomb County executive. How important is collaboration in terms of accomplishing your goals in the county?
1: Well, again, come back to true collaboration, if we're just collaborating because we want to try to figure out how do we get some, you know, political capital out of a project or, you know, some kind of a uh, an impression that we're trying to do something or working together, uh, you know, that's, I think, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it gets a headline and it gets people, you know, thinking that you're doing something. But true collaboration really is the stuff that happens that goes on behind the scenes without a lot of uh, under, understanding or recognition. You know, I'll use, I'll use, uh, for, for example, the Mound Road. Uh, project we've got going on in Innovate Mound that is true collaboration. We had to work with what, the city of Warren city of Sterling Heights on a road project that was problematic not just because of construction issue but we realized it was an opportunity for us to really highlight what we've got going on with the, uh, with the new technology that's going hap- uh, that's going to help uh, with the advancements happening in uh, manufacturing and automotive uh, on keeping people safe on the roads. And so with that we had to work not only locally but with the state and the federal government to come up with funding and a road project that had no funding. Uh, to try to figure out how do we solve mm. the problems, a nine-mile stretch of road and uh, basically uh, four lanes, uh, you know, north and uh, southbound, uh, eight lane across. Uh, this was one that we finally uh, got uh, national funding for. And uh, again, the project is going to be about two hundred fifty million dollars. But the first investment came from the federal government to a local road project, first time uh, that's ever happened, and uh, we got a lot of support from our federal. Uh, partners uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, that uh, you know started off with that hundred million dollars uh, to get this going, and so you know that that project, and we're about fifty-five percent uh, through with it. When when it gets completed, people see what uh, what we've been able to do out there. Uh, they're not going to realize that was a true collaborative effort on behalf of so many people coming together. Even the business uh, and industry in and around that quarter helped us uh, leverage support to get that funding, and so. Yeah, that was a, that was a true effort. And one if you had to, you know, if you looked up collaboration in a dictionary, uh, that picture of Mount <laughs> Road
0: son, should be right alongside of it. So. That's a great story. We're talking with Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle here. A couple of minutes left with you, uh, Mr. County Executive. What else do you want to share with our listeners here on the Community before we let you go?
1: Well, again, I go back to my, my law enforcement days. I can't help it. I get excited because we did come up with some funding available. We're working on a lot of projects uh, that are county responsibility and deal with in Lake St. Clair, the busiest freshwater lake than any other in the entire country during the summer months, whether it's, uh, you know, recreating, whether it's fishing, whether it's sailing uh, or just hanging out. Uh, that is the busiest freshwater lake. And we have 31 and a half miles coastline along that lake. Well, with that being said, there's a responsibility to make sure it stays uh, not only clean, but we keep it safe. And uh, we're building a new marine safety uh, division right at the end of the mouth of the Clinton River. uh, On the current site, we're demolishing the old one. In fact, they've already done that. And they're withstanding another, a new uh, $8 million facility for one of the finest uh, marine safety programs in the state of Michigan. And Sheriff Wickersham has the fortunate opportunity to, uh, to, to be the lead uh, within that organization. So we're excited about it. It's going to be one of those uh, you know, points of interest or notes out on the lake. It already is. But when that's done, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a shining light and there's going to be sheriff's departments around the state and probably across the country wondering how we were able to pull it off and not having to raise taxes or bond for it. We had cash to pay for it. And it was well overdue.
0: Wow. Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle, always a pleasure to talk with you.
1: You too, Vanessa. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you. and Thanks for your leadership right here in Southeast Michigan. If you have any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to, get to me, Vanessa Denha. You could do that by going to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can email me there. You can find me on any of my social media platforms. You can private message me on LinkedIn or Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. Find me on Twitter and on Instagram. As always, we remind you to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community. A public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.